Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. You all look amazing. You're just shining out there, aren't you? Yeah, you are. I'm just, I'm just going to convince you. <laughs> You're shining. <laughs> You're bright. You'll get it in a minute because when we get into particular scripture, I want to point out how much you shine for the kingdom of God. I, I have the privilege of ministering today, and this is a word that has been in my heart for a long time. And uh, it's really kind of a, it's a passion of my heart is to share God's word in a way that's simple, uh, inspiring, encouraging, insightful, promoting, filled with purpose. I don't know, a few more words, I guess, in there. But um, God's word is so amazing, isn't it? When you dig into his word, how his word digs into you, and sets your heart free, and you see things you've never seen before. How many of you have read through the whole Bible at least once? Okay. The more you read it, the more you dig into it, the more that gets revealed to you, it's like an onion. The deeper you get into God's word, the more is revealed, and things you've never seen before, all of a sudden you begin to see. And today, I believe, is going to be one of those days that as we dig into this word, you're going to, I've never seen that before. Um, some of the simple scriptures that we're going to look at this morning, we've got several we're going to go through. So for the last several weeks, how many of you have been part of just hearing the empowered messages and acts over the last several weeks? Many of you here? And this is uh, part 13. We're going to be actually digging into Acts 14 here in just a little bit. Um, but for the last several weeks, we've been studying our way through the book of Acts. And the books, book of Acts is also known as the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Early Church or the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And here's what we've come to so far in this book uh, that we've, we've read through. It's, we saw the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We saw the birth of the church. We th- saw the gospel message preached. We saw the gospel message accepted. We've seen the gospel message rejected. We saw multitudes being born again. We saw miracles, signs, and wonders. By the way, that is the DNA of the church even today, miracles, signs, and wonders. We saw bold messages being preached. We saw persecution. We saw uh, martyrdom. We saw prison breaks. Oh, here's cool. A cool one, angelic visitations, um, answers to prayer, mission journeys, God's judgment. We saw visions and dreams, prophetic messages, prophetic fulfillment, and a lot of God encounters. And guess what? This is for us today. Still, God is encountering his people. I don't know about you, but when God encountered me, he slapped silly completely out of my life. <laughs> And set me on fire to serve him. That's what he did to my life. My wife would have never married me on the before. (laughs) She says that is so true. (laughs) And that's why I got saved, so I could meet her. I didn't even... Anyway, I'll move on. So what we need to understand is that the book of Acts isn't just about what I just identified. 
through the first 14 chapters, but it's also about the fact that the same Holy Spirit is actively doing the same things today. He is. He's all about getting involved with his people and working through our lives and touching a world that desperately needs to know Jesus Christ. And how many of you know we're living in a time and a space right now in this season that we're in for such a time as this, we're seeing God move in incredible ways because people are mixed up. They're, they're going through crazy stuff. And we become a message to their lives so they can see that God is real. Now, here's a scripture that I want to bring to you. And let me just give some context to this scripture real quick. Recognizing that this, this scripture came about because of a, a Pharisee who really wanted to know about Jesus. He'd heard about him. He'd seen some of the things that he'd done. And so in the cloak of darkness, he comes to meet Jesus because he's afraid of what people might say. So he shows up at night, and Jesus begins to walk him through uh, a journey to understand how to get born again. That's what the whole thing was about with Nicodemus. That's what it was all about. And he comes to this scripture this scripture we've quoted, many of us know it. You see it at the end zones in football games when it says John 3, see, very good, John 3, 16. Now watch this scripture. We're going to see something that maybe we haven't seen before. For it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now in past messages, I have talked about this word so, but today I want to highlight it. Because this word so, as insignificant as it may be, has extreme significance because of the word that follows it. And what's the word that follows so? Very good. It says so love. Now, what's interesting about the word so in the Greek, there are many, many different renderings of this word so that we're going to find out. Okay? Much like there's a couple, you know, four renderings of the word love, and in this in this rendition here, it is the word agape, which is perfect love, right? It's God's perfect love. So the word so is, now I'm going to give you a big Greek word, hutu. <laughs> hutu. I could feel the tremors. <laughs> and what, it is, what it's in reference to is the significance of the word loved or love and that God so loved. God so loved. So number one, the significance of the word so in this context highlights the quality of God's love and what he was willing to do to prove it. Right? He so loved. He gave his best. The gift of his son showed the value and quality of his love so because we said yes to this valuable gift and what he has done in us, he lit us up. That's why I said you look so bright. Because when you said yes to Jesus, he lit up your life, didn't he? He, he came into your life because he loved you. It wasn't when you all of a sudden got yourself cleaned up. Now, I don't know about you, but every fish I have ever caught has never been clean when I caught it. I had to do that myself. And it didn't just jump in the boat. (laughs) 
the fact that he lit us up and he set us free gives us every reason to allow his love to live through us to a world that needs to experience. Look at Matthew chapter 5. It says, verse 14, you are the light of the world. Notice that? See, when you got lit up, when you said yes to Jesus, when you accepted the Savior, he came into your life and made you a light. The city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Now watch this. Here we go. And let your light, what? So shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So in, in John 3, 16, we have he so loved, and now he tells you that you so shine. Why do you so shine? Because you are so loved. And because you are so loved, you can so love, right? You can love those who are unlovable because of the love that's in you. It's not your love. How many of you know some people are just unlovable? How many of you know we were that person? <laughs> we were. Some of you will not admit it. But God, here's the deal. God still, God still loves you and me. Even though there are times we are unlovable, but guess what? We get to do the same thing. His love helps us to love others. Well, as our pastors say over and over and over, if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Guess what? He wants to get through you his love to a world to, that needs to know they can be loved. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven, heaven, number two. The significance of the word so in this context highlights the quality of light that shines through us that points people to the love of God. Do you see the, the quality there? Talks about quality once again. He gave his best gift, right? The gift of his son showed the value and quality of his love so because we said yes to this valuable gift, the quality of his light in us shines through us. That's what it's all about, is allowing his light to shine through us to a world that desperately needs to know that God is real. Now, here's the deal. God is not some religious concept that we came up with. He's real. He really does work in the affairs of men. He really does work through lives. He really wants to do a great work, not only in you, but through you, because there's others that need to see it, experience, and come into it. That's what it's all about. Now, because we are so loved, we so love and let our light so shine, we can't become contagious believers, contagious encouragers, contagious. Meaning, forget the six-foot thing. <laughs> yeah. We're contagious. So where do you get that from? I am so glad you asked. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Look at what it says. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, oh, here we go, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now notice, 
Notice that word so shows up again, doesn't it? It's that word so, that little teeny tiny word. Now, what's interesting is in the first two scriptures we looked at, the word so was one Greek word, but this one's completely different. Here's what it says. In the Greek, oh, this is cool. Here we go. Tas, ooh, tas. What? <laughs> tas, ooh, tas. I don't know if that's how they said the word when they were speaking it. So I just want to tell you about that tasu tas. So what in the world does that word mean? Here we go. Number three, the significance of the word so in this context highlights the quantity or muchness of our exhorting or encouraging one another in, the love, in love to continue in faith and not pull away or hibernate. In other words, it's not shaming. It's encouraging. Now, what's cool is we're going we're gonna to find this in the scriptures we're going to look at uh, in Acts. He gave us his best. The gift of his son showed the value and quality of his love. So because we said yes to this valuable gift, you say, you've already said that. I know I'm going to say it again. The quality of his light in us can shine through us so that we can stir up love and good works by the quantity of our encouragement. We're just everywhere, you know, everywhere we go, we just need to be encouragers. Don't keep pointing out where people are missing it because we all miss it. And it's easy to find error in someone, isn't it? I mean, we can always find fault. But look for ways to build people up. Look for ways to encourage people in their faith and watch what God does. Now, before we get into Acts 14, I want to take a brief journey through 13. And here's the reason. Chapter 13 of the book of Acts sets the stage for all the incredible stuff we're going to see in chapter 14. Now, in verse 1 uh, of chapter 13, it says, Now in the church that was in Antioch, there were, watch this, certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius, Cyrene, Manning, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. So we have prophets, we have teachers. They were ministering to the Lord and they fasted and the Holy Spirit spoke to them what the next step would be. Isn't that cool? Now, I don't know if it was this, you know, if, if all of a sudden the Holy Spirit showed in the room just a voice out of the corner of the room or if it was the prophets stood up and said, I have a word for you. I kind of think it's one of the prophets stood up and said, I have a word for you, and here it is. Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them. They sent them away. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And then verse 5, if you read it, talks about they went and they preached the gospel. They preached the word of God. Now, here's some observations of what those first uh, four verses. Prophets and teachers were there. They were ministering to the Lord, fasting in prayer. The Holy Spirit spoke. Uh, The Holy Spirit sends, and the apostles go. And if I were to add another one, and they preached. They did what the Holy Spirit called them to do. Now, go all the way down, because between verse 4 and verse 44, they preached the gospel message. They, the, the word of God came out. 
amazing things were happening. He started with Egypt, the place of bondage. You know, it's the land of bondage. That's what Egypt is all about, is the land of bondage. We all were in the land of bondage before we said yes, right? He started with Egypt, and he worked us all, all the way up until Jesus Christ came. He was crucified, dead, buried, and rose again. And he said, this message for you right now. Say yes to Jesus, and here's what happened. Watch this. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. I don't know about you, but that excites me because it was the word of God got preached, lives were touched, and the people went out of there and went, oh, I just heard, I just heard amazing things. And they went to their neighbor and says, you didn't go to service today? Guess what? There's some amazing things happen. You need to come. And the neighbors began to share the word of God with their neighbors, and the whole city came out to hear the word of God. Now, I'd like to report to you that the religious leaders were happy and ecstatic Oh, couldn't be any further from the truth. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. And contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you rejected, and this is very sad, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so, watch this, so, for so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. So when you said yes to Jesus, you come to understand the love of God, he comes into your life, he sets you as a light to the people you're going to come in contact with. Now, skipping all the way down to verse 51, after they got expelled, it says, but they shook the dust off from their feet. That's what Jesus told them to do against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were what? Filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They weren't discouraged. They weren't downcast. They were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what's, well, let's go into that in a second. Let me give you an observation of what we just read. The preaching of the word is what brings results, right? People were hungry for truth. Religious leaders rejected the gospel and were filled with envy. But the command of the Lord is, I have set you as a light. The disciples filled with joy in the Holy Spirit, and they didn't go empty, they went full. Now, with all that in mind of chapter 13, as we go through, here's what I want you to do. Now, chapter 14 may be a little bit of a lengthy reading, but I want you to stay connected with us, and here's what I want you to do. If you've got your, your Bible with you, open it up, go to 14. Um, if you just got your, your app on your phone, I want you to read through. Now, I'm reading out of the New King James, is, your translation may be a little different if you're not in there, but in your app, you can switch it. What I want you to do as we read through this, highlight things. Here's the deal. This is interactive. I want you to highlight things that the Holy Spirit reveals to you, and he will, right? He will reveal things to you that you need to get in your heart. Here we go. 
And remember, this is following, and this is after hands were laid upon them. They were preaching the gospel. They're going into an, another city, and they're going to preach the exact same message. Now watch what happens. Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews, and here, here it is, and so spoke, and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and the Greeks, believed. What did they speak? The gospel message. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace. Watch, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. The word of God was being preached, right? But the multitude of the city was divided. Surprise, surprise. But sided with, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when, the vi- when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with the rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Laconia, and to surrounding region. Watch. And they were preaching the gospel there. They just kept preaching. They didn't stop. And in Lystra, oh, this is so cool. Now remember, the gospel's being preached, Right? And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Now, remember, he's preaching the gospel. He's preaching the good news. Paul saw. He played into that. And with a loud voice, he says, stand up on your, straight on your feet. Now, remember... He had never walked, and he leaped and walked. Folks, I don't know about you. That is a miracle. Not only did he get healed, but he instantly knew how to walk. You just don't do that. I don't care how old you are. And it happened, a miracle right before their very eyes. Now, when the people saw, (laughs) oh boy, this is where it takes a little bit of a twist. What Paul had done, they raised their voices saying in the Laconian language, the gods have come down to us in likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude crying out, this is so cool, look at the boldness, and saying, men, Why are you doing these things? We are also men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these, ho ho, these are fighting words, useless things to the living God. And there were a lot of people in that city that were lost in idolatry. And he said, you need to turn from that and turn to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them, who in bygone generations also allowed all nations to walk in their ways. Nevertheless, I love it. There's a nevertheless. It's kind of like but God. Any of you ever had a but God in your life? All things were going nuts, but God stepped in. All things looked like they were going south and sour, but God stepped in. You read in the scripture, and it says, oh, this was happening, this was happening, it was horrible, but God. I love the but gods. 
this is one of those. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without a witness in that he did good, gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from fat sacrificing. But then they kind of went on and decided, well, we're not going to sacrifice animals. Let's do this. <laughs> Then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, having persuaded the multitudes. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Now, could you imagine, if you go all the way back to Acts 9, and Paul is persecuting the church, and he's, he's riding along on his little donkey, and he gets slapped silly off his donkey, goes blind, and a prophet comes to him and says, Hey, Paul, receive your sight. Uh, Jesus is coming into your life home. By the way, I want to show you what great things you must suffer for my name's sake. Welcome aboard. <laughs> in other words, you've been born again, prepare to die. <laughs> and that's kind of the way it went, you know. And Paul's thinking, oh, great, here I am. You know, I'm persecuting, now I'm going to be persecuted. He had to be there. <laughs> so, reading on. However, here's another, but God, however... When the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconia, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Now, aren't you glad you signed up to be born again? Hallelujah. So, people don't like that scripture. I hope you're not marking it out of your Bible because whether you, whether you mark it out or not, guess what? You're still going to go through stuff. But God. So, when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And after they had passed through Posidia, they came to Pamphylia. Now, when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia. So they were preaching the gospel everywhere they went. From there, they sailed to Antioch. Now watch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. Now, when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. So remember, we started in Acts 13, verse 1 through 4. And in there, they were, they were commended by the Lord. Hands were laid, up, uh, uh, laid upon them. They went out. And they did what God called them to do. Now they come full circle and come back and they began to share all the things that God did when they, when they followed what God had said. Right? Now watch. Here, here we go. So what's that all about? Well, here's an observation. So what do we see revealed in this chapter? Just out of curiosity, how many of you, as you're reading through that, I mean, just honestly, you just read through it and there were certain things that God just really tugged on your heart. Anyone? In here, okay. Anyone? Just, yeah, just highlighted certain things or things that came to your mind. And that's what it's all about is reading the word, let it read you, let the Holy Spirit touch you. Now, here's an observation. Look at verse 1. Now, it happened in Iconia that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke. 
that a great multitude, both of the Jews and the Greeks, believed. So we saw the love of God so revealed through what they spoke. They spoke the word. They ministered the word of God. They saw the difference in their lives. Now, Acts 3, uh, 14, 3. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to what? The word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. And they were preaching the gospel there. And a list of a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a crippled man from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. He said with a loud voice, stand up on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Number two, we saw the light so shine through what they did. Paul was ministering the word of God, right? And he saw there's someone, he had a word of knowledge and he saw the man who had faith and he called him up. That's what happens when we follow the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't a has-been, right? Miracle signs and wonders didn't die out when the Bible was written. It keeps going. Here we go, verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconian, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to what? to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Now, number three, we saw the apostles so encourage the disciples in their faith. So we've seen the love of God poured out. We've seen that the, the light of God was shining through them. And we see that they went back and they began to encourage. So God, by his Holy Spirit, empowered you every one of you in this room, to live out the calling that he has placed on your life. Now, let me just say this, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, and I know that's the heart of this, this body of believers, is that every single one of us are called by God as missionaries. You say, come on now. No, I'm serious. Every one of us. How do you know that? Well, the scripture says that when you got born again, you exchange your citizenship from this planet to that one. You made an exchange. You, you, you changed citizenship, and God says, okay, you've been born again, but I'm going to keep you there, and now you're an ambassador. Put a stamp on your forehead, you're an ambassador. You're a missionary. You are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everywhere you are, you are a minister. Your, the job that God has blessed you with, yes, helps you pay the bills, but God is working in your life. In that place, there's people that need the message that you have in that place. You're not in that job by accident. You're in that job on purpose to fulfill his call. So it is the Holy Spirit who empowers us to make Jesus known throughout the world. So here's the deal. What does this mean to me? You fill in the blank. What's God telling you? I can't tell you that. I know what God's called me to do. And as in my job, always look for opportunities to share his word with people that I'm talking with. Now, most of my stuff right now is on Zoom. And so in some cases, I have a captivated audience. A couple of weeks ago, one of the, 
people that I work with was saying what they're going through and that they have to go in for surgery. And it's pretty extensive. And she says, well, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. And she said, okay. And I said, no, I mean like right now. It's like, okay. <laughs> so we were on Zoom camera. It was so fun. So I said, I'm just going to pray. And I look, and eyes are closed, head is bowed. And I just prayed for her, that, that God would minister to her. And it's just, listen, it's just hearing the hurt and being willing to step in. I'm not going to preach a three-point message to the people. I'm just going to speak little little peace, keep them hungry. So then I sent her a scripture. So then she decided to download the version Bible. So now she's reading the Bible. Come on. You know what I'm saying? It's, being, it's just listening and then stepping into it, being, letting the love of God come through you, shine through you, and being encouragement in every situation. Let's stand. God is good. Let's just shut ourselves in right now. God is um, here and wants to minister to people's hearts this morning. You may be here this morning, and maybe this is the first time you've been here. Um, maybe you served God at one time, and you got discouraged, you got hurt, you got wounded, life happened, things happened, and you just kind of got numb and walked away. But you're here today, and you say, I just, I feel like I need to get right with God. Or you're here, and you've never said yes to Jesus, and that may be you this morning. You say, I, I just feel like God's tugging on my heart. We have all of that in this room right now. So with our eyes closed, I'm just going to ask real quickly, if that is you, and you're saying, you know, I just need, I need Jesus in my life. I, gotta get, I just got to get back to him. All over the room, if that's you, just lift your hand up and say, yep, okay. Anyone else? Okay, okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Anyone else? Seven. Anyone else? Yes. Let's give God a hand. We got seven people that have said yes to Jesus this morning. Let's, let's help them transition, will you? We're going to pray this prayer together. Again, it's not a formula, but it certainly is a prayer that just lets God know that we're saying yes to him. So let's pray this together as a body this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you this morning saying, yes, I want you in my life. Forgive me of my sins and set me free from my past. I give my life to you now. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I change citizenship right now. I am an official member of heaven. I accept you, Jesus, as my Savior, my King, my Lord, my boss, and my friend. From this day forward, I will serve you and bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'd like to have the... Yeah, let's give God a hand. We're going to sing one more song, and then I'd like to have our prayer team come together. 
at the front. And if you said yes and you'd like someone to pray with you, here we are. Uh, if you need healing, if you need encouragement, if you need prayer about a specific situation, we have some incredible prayer warriors up here ready to pray with you. And we're going to sing another song.